This is a Federal News Network podcast. With cybersecurity among the top national security concerns, the Pentagon has been pushing for greater cybersecurity in its supply chain, all 300,000 companies in it. Now it's unveiled what it calls a cybersecurity maturity model certification standard. And here with how one corner of the contractor world views this development, the executive vice president and counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. Alan, good to have you on. Always a pleasure, Tom. And this new CMMC, this is kind of big news, isn't it, in this whole long march towards supply chain cybersecurity? It is. It's a key initiative from the Department of Defense, and uh, if it builds on work already underway, both from a the National Institutes of Standards and Technology, as well as some uh, regulatory and uh, procurement clauses. Uh, But this is the first effort that the department has to move from a self-attestation by contractors of their compliance with some of the cybersecurity requirements to now a third-party validation. And has the big bugaboo been, because so much of the pressure is on the prime subcontractors, to get the certification from all of the subs, which could run two, three, four layers deep, in some big projects. Well, that's certainly one of the key issues. Uh, the department estimates that there are about 300,000 companies that are part of the defense supply chain uh, ecosystem. And uh, their expectation is that every one of them uh, will meet one of the five, at least one of the five levels of certification. And the levels grow with one being very basic level three about where uh, most companies should be in compliance with the National Institutes of Standards uh, regulations and five being the highest level uh, for the small group of of, uh, programs that are uh, highly classified or uh, very sensitive data. The expectation is that every company, all 300,000, will have at least one of the five levels of certification. Uh, And then the department, as they go through individual programs and individual um, solicitations, will designate uh, who's eligible to bid based on the level of certification that the department selects uh, for that program or that procurement. So it becomes uh, really a a workload issue, a cost issue for primes as well as subcontractors and potential subcontractors and a significant responsibility on the Department of Defense as well. Because I heard Catherine Arrington, who seems to be heading up this in the office of the Secretary of Defense, the acquisition channel, say that one thing they want to do is eliminate cybersecurity as a differentiator in awarding contracts. That is to say, it should be a given for everybody rather than evaluating bids on the basis of of how good their cyber is. They'll do some of that through this um, certification. Another, We get to add another acronym to our list of acronyms, a CMMC, uh, by establishing the various levels. So it does, in one sense, eliminated differentiation among companies. On the other hand, as the department selects the level of certification required, uh, it will uh, shrink the universe of companies uh, that are eligible to participate, both first at the prime level, and then the real unknown question is, will the prime contractors require all of their subcontractors to meet that same level of certification? So if the department were to assign a level four to an individual program, then only companies certified to the level four would be able to be a prime contra bid for that. Uh, but would every subcontractor also need to be at a level four? That raises the cost to the subcontractor to, um, to uh, get certified to that level. 
uh, and would certainly shrink the universe of subcontractors available. I'm hoping that uh, the government would be judicious in this application uh, of the levels and that primes would be flexible so that they would not flow down that same level to everybody. But that's an unknown. We're speaking with Alan Chabotkin, Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. But on the other hand, DOD says now publicly that the cybersecurity danger, the exfiltration of data costing, I think Ms. Arrington said, $600 billion worth a year is their overriding most important concern here. And so maybe it's time for people to get on board. And if it means spending to get level four, then you spend to get level four. Well, that's right. And we've been strongly supportive of the whole idea of getting companies uh, up to date and and continuous improvement uh, in their cybersecurity. The threat changes all the time. Uh, the information to be protected needs to be very clearly identified and then protected. So uh, you know, we, too, are the strong supporters of having uh, that level of attention by the companies. Uh, but there's also a capability, you know, how fast can these companies be certified? Um, what is the capabilities uh, of the process to get them to that stage? So there's a lot of process issues uh, while still supporting the overall objective. In some ways, though, the government has ex- and companies have experience with this because the CMMC model is patterned exactly after the venerable software maturity model, which has been around for many years, and that's been part of contracts also. Yes, uh, and there are others. The Department of Energy has a cybersecurity maturity model uh, that they've had for a number of years. They just published a, a, their version 2.0, uh, and, and uh, other agencies, some of the uh, regulatory agencies that cover sectors like uh, the nuclear uh, community or the banking industry have standards. So this is not new, and uh, the companies ought to be uh, investing in the cyber protection. Uh, it is both cyber protection as well as protecting data and information, and that's where the, the department has focused its attention on as well. Um, so nothing new. We've been strongly encouraging our member companies uh, to take the investment uh, in uh, doing as much as they can uh, to be prepared for that. So nobody should be surprised. The department has been very vocal about that. Uh, we've provided a form for DOD for our member companies. We did a webinar with them uh, in July uh, to make this information available uh, broadly. And so uh, not a surprise. Now, the draft of the model that's out there is complicated. And as Ms. Arrington has said, you know, tear it apart, give her their strong uh, recommendations back. Uh, we're organizing to do just that. And briefly, on another current event, the joint version of the National Defense Authorization Act is out. The administration has its reaction to it out. And there's some disagreements, it looks like, are brewing there. What's your take on that? Well, there's some. You're right. Uh, the administration sent up a letter uh, earlier uh, at the, last week, uh, commenting on some of the provisions. Uh, interesting to me is that this is the first time that they didn't have a lot of comments on the general acquisition policy issues that we see in Title Eight of both the House and the Senate National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, but there are some big issues: uh, the treatment of nuclear, what to do about the Space Force, 
what to do about some of the foreign policy issues that are always included in the National Defense Authorization Bill. Uh, we at the Professional Services Council uh, uh, earlier sent a letter, our CEO, David Berto, uh, sent a letter to the House and Senate Armed Services Committees laying out a set of uh, key initiatives that we support in the bill and some of the areas that we have c- concerns with, uh, primarily focus on the acquisition policy and security clearances area. Uh, this is going to be a tough conference. They always are. Uh, even resolving the money issues, as we hope they've done through the balanced budget agreement that was reached on August 2nd, uh, there's still a long way to go on some of these policy issues. I'm glad to see the administration's comments early. I uh, wish they had been out sooner. Uh, we, that's why we took the time to get our comments into the uh, staff, into the members uh, before the end of August. Well, who knew they would object so strongly to the replacement of fluorinated aqueous film-forming foam with fluorine fire-free fighting agent? That's Section 316. Go figure. <laughs> who, would have, who would have anticipated that it would draw such attention? Um, but, you know, it's eight pages worth of uh, commentary on various provisions, and uh, not surprising that in that eight pages they could find uh, concerns about some of those provisions. Alan Chavotkin is Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview and a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day, in-store and online. Find the red card that's right for you, whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.